0: hello to everybody from around the world welcome to the retail wave makers a Trade cruise talks podcast my name is Nadine Heubel i'm the global svp revenue at reclaim yes i do have a new job but today i'm talking to you as the retail ambassador for Trade. retail has been going from strength to strength in the cruise industry and I'm grateful for SeaTrade to have acknowledged this development by creating a retail ambassador role, which I am very honored to have been appointed to. Part of my responsibility has been to create further awareness for this exciting sector amongst cruise industry peers. And what better way to do it than creating our own podcast, the Retail Wavemaker Podcast. What was supposed to be a mini-series ended up being much more than this. We are now already in our third season. This season is all about the heroes on board the ships and their interaction directly or indirectly with retail. We have a lineup of amazing guests and we will hear from them firsthand about life on board, their interaction with retail and their view on cruise retail. And we also get a little personal as we always do with our rapid fire questions at the end of the podcast. Today, we will learn about the responsibilities of the hotel director on board. I understand that this is one of the most senior roles on board of cruise ships. Really big hotels on land have maybe 500, 600 rooms. A hotel director on a cruise ship can be in charge of about 3,000 cabins and all the operations linked to them. I'm looking forward to discussing with our guests today how, as a hotel director, Retail is integrated in the daily responsibilities of this position and we have found a very special guest for this episode. Chris Harrington is a hotel director working for Anglo-Eastern Leisure Management and is currently assigned to expedition vessel Ocean Adventurer, which service the polar regions. Chris boasts experience in multiple industry sectors from ocean to river to expedition and has a vast amount of operational experience in both mainstream and niche commercial arenas. Chris is crew experience-centric and practices humble leadership. He came up through the ranks of FMB, where his personal passion for VT culture developed. Chris, I'm so happy to have you on the show. And just for everybody, as you can imagine, we are just already lucky that we got the connection going. So even if there is a little delay in in us uh, speaking, I uh, hope you all understand, we didn't want to miss the opportunity to to talk to Chris while he's in Antarctica. So before we actually jump into your job as a hotel director, it would be really great to learn more about Anglo-Eastern Leisure Management, as maybe not everybody is really familiar with the company. So what is your business model? How many ships do you have? Which destinations do you serve besides Antarctica?
1: Yeah, we're not really we're not really a household name. I wouldn't say certainly in the cruise industry, certainly on the leisure side of things. But Anglo Eastern is a parent company. They manage around about 700 ships. There's a third-party ship management company Nadine. so, uh, but mainly container ships, bulk carriers. You know, really involved in in, in moving freight around the globe. Anglo Eastern Leisure Management is our little part of the empire, as it were. So we're quite small, with five vessels we manage at the moment. We offer comprehensive hospitality and leisure-driven management services, so uh, we effectively, from a fundamental point of view, we manage the vessel's hotel. We also have Anglo-Eastern Cruise Management who who manage the technical aspects of the ship, the deck and engine side of things. But uh, from the hotel point of view, we're very much into sort of turnkey solutions. We manage uh, all all hotel services, we're into menu engineering, and we're there really just to help uh, our clients optimise their ability to, to offer a great product that's, uh, and, and realise great potential profits from that. We have five vessels, all around the four or five thousand ton mark, they're all quite small vessels and they all operate in the polar regions mainly, so the Arctic and the Antarctic. So we work with three charters, who, who charter the vessels that we operate, they're Quark Expeditions, who, who I work with, absolutely fantastic brand they do, really authentic expedition service provider. And one of the leaders in the marketplace we also look after aurora expeditions ships and albatross expeditions so uh, they charter the four vessels that we have our infinity class ships we've got great relationships with our charters great relationships with the ship owners so that's really the job you know it's about relationship building you know you're looking after somebody else's guests you're looking after somebody else's ships you know relationship building and, and maintaining and keeping positive Relationships with the third parties is, is really part and parcel of the job. So, um, you know, if you're out there, you've got a ship and you've got a hotel on it, and you're looking to, uh, you need someone to run it, don't look further than Anglo Eastern. Pick up the phone, give us a call, we'll come and help you out. <laughs>
0: I love to learn about Anglo-Eastern, you know, like talking about it, you have 700 ships in, in total, and now most of, most of it is cargo, and then you, then you the five ships you are managing. And it also reminds me a little bit, you know, in retail, most of the time, it's a concession-based business as well. So in retail, when I was in Heinemann Americas, we were also always a third-party operator on the big vessels. And as you said, relationship management or relation building was always a big part of the responsibility. So very, very similar. But now I would really love to hear more about what is actually what is the scope of responsibility of a hotel director? So how many different departments do you oversee and how is your job different from a hotel director on land?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, that's a great question, Adine. The hotel director is basically responsible for all the commercial and operational aspects of, of, of the vessel. So really, in a nutshell, that's what we do. I have six officers report to me, uh, four operational officers and two, take care of the administration side of it. So we're very, very traditional in the manning. We have a hotel controller, chief purser, who take care of the accounting, you know, the sort of administrative side of things. Then we have obviously a head chef, a head housekeeper, a maitre d' and a bar manager. Those sort of traditional departments we have on board, uh, as well as the admin side of it, we're not... I mean, with, from a retail point of view, an interesting question. The retail, the boutique on board is a concession run by the charter themselves but our sort of kind of involvement in it is very much the financial side of it. So myself and the Chief Purser are heavily involved in in, in the, the, the sort of revenue side of it and how it's reported uh, to, to the third parties off the vessel. So we, we get involved in that and, and, and the sales side the stock sort of management is down to the charter of themselves, but it's really interesting. I mean we did the last voyage, I think we had one hundred and twenty five passengers we carried over a nine day voyage to Antarctica, and we generated about fourteen thousand dollars in sales, so about twelve bucks per person per day so you know from from it's not bad we're not far off what what the main the mainstream cruise operators are doing on the premium brands, so yeah, not far off at all.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty good,
1: and I mean, you know, it's look, it's not up there with the, the niche operators like Seaborne Silver Sea, who are maybe generating upwards of twenty-five, thirty bucks per day per person from the boutiques. But you know, obviously, they're charging at a more premium ticket price. But uh, yeah, yeah, so we, we're pretty, we're pretty pleased with it. As I said, we're involved in the accounting side of it, really, kind of the nitty-gritty stuff, not necessarily in 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 generating the top-line sales. But in my in my years uh, at Sea, I've been involved in in a lot of initiatives driving sales in retail. Do you know what? The thing I really wanted to talk about was if you've got 1,000 hotel directors, Nadine, and you put them in a room and you asked them to put their hands up if they had a background in retail, probably not many would put their hand up. So maybe a gap in skill set there. Most hotel directors came through the traditional departments like housekeeping, F&B or or guest services, of course. So it's an interesting point. And because the industries of retail and hospitality, they're very, very different industries. But on a cruise ship, they're they're kind of fused together from your retail partner or your shop manager, your boutique manager or those leaders in retail. More often than not, they're reporting to a hotel director who may be doesn 't have a, a strong background in in marketing products and, and driving strategy for for you know sales initiatives et etc et etc so I think that 's why you 've seen these commercial positions come on board like obR onboard revenue director some operators have started uh, well haven 't just started they 've had them for a few years associate hotel directors who are there purely for for commercial output and and, and driving the revenue side of things and controlling it. So the hotel director couldn't have overall overview of the business. So certainly over the decades I've worked in the industry, I've seen it evolve like that. So clearly operators are taking retail a lot more seriously and they see it as a, as a, as a big part of the puzzle, as it were. From our point of view down here in the Antarctic, the boutique really, there's, there's, there's two types of purchase that I've noticed. There's, there's the convenience purchase, so it's a purchase that they require for the expedition itself so it might be thermal clothing warm clothing hats gloves things like that that's a convenience sale that they need actually for the expedition itself or there's the other purchase which i like to call the memory trigger now this is a purchase that they make so it might be i don't give you an example it might be something like a a wall chart of the navigational chart of where the itinerary went to so the peninsula of Antarctic it may be the wall chart so they take it home they put it in a frame on the wall in their home when they look at it it triggers the memory of the expedition itself and the wonderful things that they saw and, and it, it, it kind of um, triggers that, that the memory of the enrichment that, that, that they experienced when they were out here so you know might be penguins, whales anything to do with the beautiful scenery the icebergs so, anything like that, they like to buy. And of course, you know, we may not be, be promoting sales directly in our position as hotel director, but we certainly do observe the type of purchases the passengers make. And um, yeah, it, I, I, I think you can, you can put it down to those two categories convenience sale and, and, and the memory trigger. So, um, you know, we're not really into the jewellery side of things on board, um, although we do stock some. So, yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's very interesting.
0: Thank you for sharing all of this really great um, information and maybe trying to set it a little bit into um, a smaller bucket because you gave so many great information. I think one is is really great information talking about that a hotel director of a bigger vessel with uh, thousands and thousands of cabin needs then specialists in his or her team, like the revenue manager, like an associate hotel director, to really ensure attention to detail. While I think you need to be kind of a generalist and, and, and know everything when, when you are on, on a smaller vessel, you wear many, many more hats because there's just not the space for having all these different functions and specialized. Is this maybe a, a correct assessment of mine?
1: Yeah, yeah, but that's absolutely Nadine, absolutely on the money there. Um, But the other thing, I wanted to go back to your question about the difference between land-based and shipboard from a general management point of view. And I think, you know, the thing that stands out for me, the fundamental difference is that on board you have to maintain uh, and and consider crew welfare and crew well-being um, in in the group. So it's not like you can pop off the ship at the end of your shifts and go home so you know we're operating in in isolated regions here so mental health of the crew member is a big a big one and it's something you've got to you've got to invest time in and i do i do on board you know i understand that that it's difficult coming away for five months and not being able to go ashore and, and and do the things that you can maybe do on conventional cruise itineraries yeah you can't pop off to seven mile beach in cayman down here um, you know, and grab a margarita on the way home. There's, you know, there's none of that. It's an isolated region. So it's quite attritional on the mind and it's for long periods of time. So you need to make sure that they're not just doing a great job, but they're having a great life and trying to enhance their life on board. Um, as, and that's really part of the job. And, you know, I talk about this word decompression all the time to my team and how we enable our crew to decompress so they can relax outside of their working hours and it's a really important facet of the job and definitely a big difference between this and land-based and also other areas of the industry
0: absolutely they have to decompress on on the ship and they are together all the time absolutely this is a a, a very important point thank you for sharing and now going back to retail when you mentioned that you that you do a 12 dollar ppd i think that's that is a very good number so congratulations on this and also very interesting what you were saying talking about that uh, your sales are split into two categories one is something they need on on the cruise because they didn't expect it to be that cold I think is what this could that would definitely happen to me happens to me all the time no matter where I go I always underestimate how cold it can get I think this is because I'm living so long in Miami now and then the other one is really taking this this memory back home so I'm sure that you sell a lot of plush penguins and plush whales am I right
1: yeah yeah absolutely The, the toys fly out everybody loves a cuddly toy so there yeah yeah there's a lot of toys flying out there
0: yeah yeah because every everybody wants to, wants to take home a little penguin but what i wanted to talk to you now as well a little bit more is uh, we, yeah, we 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 talked about your current retail um, but with your vast experience and having having been uh, ocean going for so many many years can you remember any retail initiative where you really thought wow this is amazing that's something i want to i would like to share uh, here on the podcast now
1: yeah, yeah. actually, when I was um, with MSC for a short period, uh, a great brand, wonderful brand to work for, I was Yacht Club Director. So as Yacht Club Director, I was there looking after the premium guests in that sort of ship within a ship, in that sort of haven, private haven away from the hustle and bustle of the ship's uh, public areas. So a very private, personal, premium area of the vessel. So we used to, uh, working with the onboard revenue directors, which I worked with some really accomplished ones as well, we work in harmony to organise kind of a, a VIP event, invitation-only events, where certain expert retail advisors would be there. And you'd maybe take some fine jewellery with you, some fine watches, you know, the, the, the big six, $7,000 ticket watches, and you'd invite them to the yacht club. So you're kind of stroking the guests' egos a little bit, which is OK. That, that, that's, that's nothing wrong with that. You make them feel special. So you 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 know you'd bring in the experts with the various models, might be an Amiga or a Breitling, or some fine jewelry or other bits and pieces, and and showcase these items, and invite the guests under an RSVP invitation, and and you know make them feel special. You know, stroke the ego, bring some champagne, bring some canapes, and and make them feel, you know, like they're the most special person on the vessel. And, and on the RSVP invitation, actually determine the discounts that they're going to receive. So don't just say we're having a sale. Say, look, we're giving 20% off this piece. We're giving 30% off this brand. So, and whatever it is. So when you get them into the environment, you can control it. Because at the end of the day, if, if, you, if, if you look at a ship, Nadine, everybody's fighting for the same revenue. So it's not like a shopping mall. On land, where everybody's in competition, the the ship, it, every, everybody's under the same banner, so everybody's fighting for the same revenue. The casino wants it, the specialty restaurants wants it, the spa wants it, and the shops wants it. So, you know what I found works is, is successfully going after the high rollers, if you like, the clients in the suites and the premium suites who who've paid those big ticket prices, who you would assume have that expendable income, and you get into that because you know the boutiques are more often than not they're all in that conventional copy and paste area of the ship every ship pretty much has its boutiques around the promenade deck um, and they're not difficult to find so the passengers can easily find it and get and get there and spend but I think the spend you want is, is the five, six, seven thousand dollar watches the fifteen thousand units of jewellery and upwards and, and setting a scene and creating an environment where people can feel comfortable so those private events achieve that you know, if they're going to make a big sale they want personal service that they might not necessarily get in the boutique itself on any given day if it's a sea day it's quite busy etc so you can make a good sale and these things used to really work well for us but I'll give you an example of uh, of, of cruise versus expedition we on expedition we have a lot of people uh, forget to bring binoculars so we, we have some high premium binoculars on board up to 3,000 pop, you know uh, a unit so so we showcase these so we, we yeah so we we, we we showcase these binoculars on 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 day or one one or two of the voyage while we're at sea moving down to the antarctica and we show them how to, to to use the binoculars and they get to touch and feel them so it's almost like a familiarization of the product and we get a lot of sales off the back of that not always a three thousand dollar pair but we we do really well out of it but um we sell a lot of binoculars that way. and So yeah, it's, it's kind of a small example of expedition versus ocean. But those sales used to work really well. I mean, we had small point of sales units in the yacht club where items would be displayed by the retailers, these little sort of cubicles in the yacht club we had on, on MSC, so they can see the fine products. But you know, we don't necessarily have that here, but it, it, there's lots of ways of hooking people. But I've always felt showing them products, letting them touch and feel it, and making them feel special. You're not going to be going far wrong there.
0: I love this, this what, what you just described. As you said, really making people special, hyper personalizing it, inviting them to a, to a to a special location where then the experts are speaking to them. Uh, yeah, I think once you are um, making this emotional connection, the same way you do it with the binoculars, because it's an emotional connection. You explain. Your your guest advantages and benefits of buying this particular binoculars, and then yeah, I, I I think if if I if I had the budget, I I would maybe also spend the three thousand, knowing that then this is a lifetime a lifetime experience anyway, and then I can enhance it by a, a wonderful product. So yeah, I, I very much like this idea. And now, Chris, you were talking earlier about because yourself, you are also a third party operator that really relationship management and and making sure that you are there and that you are really be a good partner uh, with the company who charters your ships. I also wanted to ask you then, you know, based on, on this knowledge, what do you think what makes a good retail partner? What does it take to be really successful as a retailer on board a cruise ship?
1: Yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful question, Nadine. I think synergy. Synergy is really important. So the first thing as a hotel director, I really think you need to create synergy. So you need your retailer, your retail partner, to feel part of the family on board, not just a concession who's there for one purpose, to provide a retail experience and to drive revenue for a concessionaire. So you want them to feel part of the team. You know, it's really important. You've got, you've got to invite them to your meetings. You've got to get them in there. You've got to talk to them about your net promoter score, your guest journey your guest service ratings get them involved with everybody that in the town hall meetings that you have i mean i've been on big ships and hotel director meetings have got 25 people in them you know art directors retailers f&b chefs shore excursion casino managers and it's a, it's a big big group of people all striving for one common goal which is which is service excellence and a great experience for for the passengers uh, but also commercial and commercial success so It's just having that synergy and bringing them into the team and making them feel part of the team, not just a concessionaire, which can happen and they can feel a little bit isolated. And from a retailer perspective, it's a good incentive, I think, good incentive for the sales agents and incentives that work, you know, that incentives that put money in people's pockets when they make great sales. You know, it's great replenishment in, 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 and great stock handling. It's training. Product knowledge is massive in retail, as we know. Good product knowledge, plenty of refresher training on the products. And if you look at food and beverage and retail, they're very similar in many ways. Product definition is the first thing you do, and then product knowledge is the second thing. Does the sales agent know what they're selling? Does he know anything about it? Now, obviously, I've watched as as soon as uh, you have jewelry specialists on board, camera specialists, or whatever, photo hub but you need that product knowledge, you know, and the experts more often than not have, have great knowledge. And a lot of the sales are got over the line based on the product knowledge of the agent, you know, and, and that's really important to think about, I think, and talk about. So you, you need to have a very, very good sturdy training program behind your brand and the brands that you, you market and sell. So, you know, the three key things, I think you need people who are, who are cruisy, I think you need, your retailers need to be cruisy-type people. You know, you need sales agents on that last CD, day, sorry, when the trestle tables come out and everybody's out there selling the juicy free and the mid-range watches and handbags and scarves or whatever. You need fun people out there. You know, you need eccentric, extroverted people who are going to go and grab the guest on the promenade and say, you're not going past me without looking at these products. As a retail manager, whoever's in charge, I think they need fundamental energy. You know, they, they, need, they need really good energy, And I I think those two perspectives, that's really what I look for from the perspective of the hotel director and the perspective of the retail partner, Nadine
0: great thank you yeah as as you said also i i i like when you said the word cruisy that people need to be cruisy because cruising is definitely not for everybody i think it's it's this wonderful group of people who decide to dedicate their life to be on cruise ships and really engage with guests and, and make guests feel happy so i agree with you this 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 is there is something special and it's not definitely not for everybody
1: the other thing I didn't mention is that the retail organisations, Nadine, they need to set realistic targets that are achievable. Because if not, you're just not there's no motivation. If the target's way out of sight and you've got no chance of hitting your PPPD or whatever, it's not motivating, and and you can kind of give in. You know, if you're never going to achieve it, yeah, then then it's difficult. Make the target achievable and do your homework on what a realistic target is.
0: This is actually a good segue into my last question and maybe this has already been the answer to the last question is yeah, if there is one thing you could change about retail or about the concessionaires or however what you want to approach it, what 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 would you change from a retail approach perspective? What would have changed,
1: yeah, yeah, great question. I would allow an opportunity for more ultra accurate data about previous guest spends uh, and spending habits, Nadine. So a database that retail partners, retail managers can dive into and find out what you know, what Mr. and Mrs. Bernstein spent twenty thousand bucks on. You know, they, they bought maybe bought a watch on their last voyage last year in the Caribbean on whatever vessel. It's knowing that, it's information is power, isn't it? So, you know, they've booked a game, Mr. and Mrs. Bernstein. They've booked into a premium cabin. And you can get in there and, and having that information is is, is power. You know, the, the, the more knowledge you have of your high high rollers. I mean, high rollers is more a phrase for casino, of course, but you know what I mean? Premium guests spending big money. Who's got that money? And, and And you want to take it off them and take it out of their pockets and put it into your tills. So if you know... That these individuals are on board your ship and their spending habits and what they did. You know, last year, you can get in there and, and get your, your, your VIP invitation into Mr. and Mrs. Bernstein's cabin, get them in, in the private area, get a champagne in their hand, and, 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 you know, you could say, Hey, that was a beautiful watch you bought 11 months ago on board whatever ship it was. Hey, and, and, and then try and, and hook to sail for this voyage. Yeah, I think that's really important love it yeah absolutely and then you know they feel special again and it's all about making people feel special and loved and valued and I mean that's what cruise ships are fundamentally trying to do make people feel special and, and, and give them great memories and then you know you might not always get the sale off the back of it but the other thing is, is, is target people who are on very very significant landmark celebrations you might have 50th wedding anniversaries things like that for example you know if they've booked a 50th wedding anniversary and they've paid 10,000 bucks for a really nice uh, junior suite or whatever nice cabin then you go after them. Uh, but if you've got someone who's paid 149 bucks for an inside cabin, you're probably not going to get a brightling out of them. You know, it, 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 it makes sense, doesn't it? So it's understanding who's who and who's on board and spending your energy trying to get the big sale. And then let, 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 the, let the final, you know, final C-Day take care of itself. You know, the duty-free and everything else... Because you know you're in the right position on board. You're on the promenade. You're right in there, and you've 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 got your captive audience. But you know, so so and and, and all, you can pick up all the sales there. They always come to you. But for the VIP events, I can't stress enough, Nadine. They really do work, and 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 they're they're a fantastic uh, asset as an instrument for a retail manager to drive sales.
0: Hmm. Agreed. And I think you made a very important point about data. And I think there could be a full. Uh, podcast episode just talking about data because i'm also very passionate about it and as you said data is power and the more we know about the guests on board of course without breaching any data privacy rules but the more we know about the guests on board the more we can target them the more they they, they are going to spend because the more they feel seen and heard and emotionally connected so that's a really thank thank you uh, for for this so chris this this was this was great now uh, i absolutely understand why at the beginning you said you know hotel directors of the bigger cruise ships might be a little bit further away from retail but in your case i can definitely attest that that the retail is 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 close to you that you're very hands-on and that you have a lot of knowledge about retail so thank you so much for sharing all this but now we also want to know a little bit more about uh, chris as a person and not just as a hotel director are you ready for the rapid fire question?
1: Perfect. Yes, I'm ready.
0: Perfect. Yeah. What is your favorite cruise destination?
1: Oh, Papietti, Tahiti. Oh, wow. Actually, I'm going to give you two. One for ocean and one for river. Avignon in France for for river. Absolutely.
0: This one I have an opinion about too. Never been to Tahiti, but uh, Avignon definitely uh, is, is, is would be on my list as well. Um then favorite location to unwind on a cruise ship?
1: My cabin. Ooh,
0: <laughs> I love it. This is dude the first time answering this and we have been doing this and this makes complete sense. <laughs> Are you buffet or a la carte breakfast? A la carte. <laughs> Bingo or trivia?
1: Oh tricky one. Um trivia. Trivia quizzes. Yeah yeah, definitely.
0: Okay. Okay. And which which do you have a special uh, a favorite theme?
1: My theme. Medieval history.
0: Do you have a favorite theme? a trivia theme a favorite one
1: yeah yeah i study viticulture which is the study of wine basically it put simply viticulture is all about wine and i invest in fine wines as well as a kind of hobby Yeah. so i'm studying viticulture i'm studying uh, wset level 3 when i get home so i'm looking forward to that
0: oh oh wow that sounds very difficult i think i would i would fail I have a last one for you because I had to Google this when you sent me your little bio and you, you wrote about bitty culture. I had to Google it. What is bitty culture?
1: Yeah, I want to become a wine lecturer on the side, you know, a little side duty, a little side job. <laughs>
0: Great. So uh, Chris, th- thank you so much. It was it was super insightful, amazing to talk to a hotel director who's currently in Antarctica and who, who loves wine and studies, uh, studies wine culture and wants to do lectures on wine and is at the same time super knowledgeable about retail. So Chris, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Thank you, Nadine. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed speaking with you. And, 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 and I'm glad we managed to stay connected as well down here in Antarctica. So, um, yeah, it was a really big achievement.
0: Yes, and <laughs> that's true. That's a big achievement. Yes. Yay. All right. Thank you, Chris.
1: My pleasure. My pleasure. Take care and, and God bless.